This is the Private Practice Workshop Podcast with John Clark, Episode 15. Your time is so valuable in private practice, and spending that valuable time and energy on administrative tasks like billing can be one of the biggest limiting factors in the growth of your business. I see this time and time again in the therapists that I work with. So between saving you time and making sure your billing is done right, Practice Solutions is the best choice. From eligibility and benefits checks to denial follow-up, they'll get you paid as quickly and efficiently as possible. Their services are completely transparent and unlike any in our field. You're going to know the status of your billing 24-7. So we have an exciting offer um, for listeners of this show. You can receive 20% off when you sign up for Practice Solutions um, and reference this podcast. So to do that, all you have to do is go to www.practicesoul.com forward slash John. That's practice soul, like solutions, sol.com forward slash John. Again, practice soul.com forward slash John, and we'll get you 20% off. Highly recommend working with Jeremy and his team. I know them personally, and I can tell you that they are going to take amazing care of you. And having billing off of your plate is, I say it time and time again on this podcast, is gonna, it's one of many tasks that you need to get uh, out of your way so that you can really focus on the big picture of your business and operate more like a business owner and less like a business operator. All right, so let's talk about today's show. Um, we have a really great show for you coming up. Um, my guest today is Clay Cockrell. Clay is best known for um, being the go-to guy for questions about online counseling. Clay started the onlinecounseling.com directory and does a lot of his work this way. The other part of his work he does with walk and talk therapy in New York City, where he walks and talks with his clients. So he's he's just a really neat guy, and he's got a lot to offer us today. If you're even thinking about starting an online counseling practice, then this is going to be a great episode for you. All right, let's dive in. Clay Cockrell is on the show with us this morning. Clay, welcome. Uh, I should say welcome back. <laughs> this is our this is our second run of of the episode because um, because life life happens and dump trucks happen and uh, it's, <laughs> and you, we can only control so much, right? It's absolutely it's a pleasure to to be here. I, I think that. My listeners on, on my podcast have gotten used to the Manhattan background noise, but the last time was out of control. <laughs> it was just like I can – and then trying – because I have a therapy practice, then trying to have uh, counseling sessions during sure. the day was just – was crazy. And uh, But today we have uh, – the UN is in town, yep. uh, and I'm right across the street from the Mandarin Oriental Hotel where a lot of the diplomats stay. So I think that they're making it extra quiet. Yeah, things for, are pretty locked all down. The, <laughs> all the ambassadors wanted it really quiet so they could concentrate. So it's it's nice. It's a great time to to have a podcast. Maybe you should plan plan your podcasting around around the such UN events. schedule. Yeah, absolutely. So the, the the jackhammers last time um, when we when we recorded this were it was almost like a sitcom where I would ask you a question and then as soon as you start answering. Like the guy was on cue and would just start hammering away. Um, oh my god! And it lasted for a month. I swear, it felt like it was a month that they were jackhammering up my office. So 
Then anyway. you start you start hearing phantom jackhammers at night. Yes. <laughs> kind of like when but, you're, you think your phone is vibrating in your pocket, but it's really not. It's it's really the jackhammer. <laughs> <laughs> well, I'm, I think it's kind of fun. You know, I, I, I might start doing, you know, two rounds with everyone on the podcast. Okay. Well, you know, we, we, there's no excuse. We really got to get a good, uh, yeah. do well this time because we've done it once before. So. Yeah, we we worked out the kinks and we know yeah. we know where to go. Um, well, I I like to at least start off with just a little bit about kind of who you are and how you got here. And I have to also kind of indulge myself in that I I love that you are from what I consider the same part of the country as me and being mm-hmm. near and dear to to my heart, the Appalachian region, um, and and being from the South. Um, yeah, but I yeah I just I like that part, and we kind of connected on that last time. Absolutely, I'm uh, originally from Kentucky, and uh, the Eastern Mountain people, and I get to go home as much as possible. But my wife and I uh, met in Kentucky and moved to New York uh, just almost 20 years ago today. Um, and because, uh, she's an actress and director and, uh, I love theater and that means essentially you kind of got to be in New York. So, um, here we are middle of Manhattan, uh, country mouse in the big city. What was that transition like for you initially? And did you ever envision yourself living in, in such a place? I did. I always felt like, uh, I mean, I remember I had, uh, the map of uh, New York and pictures of New York posters on my wall when I was a kid in high school. Something just, I was drawn to uh, New York and the energy of it. And, you know, talk about, you know, vision boards and, um, you know, what you put in front of yourself all the time. You can manifest that. And and I certainly did without really planning it. Um, the, the view of the poster on my wall when I was in high school is essentially the view that I have from my home now. So it's that's it's pretty, pretty cool. cool. Yeah. <laughs> it's a, a vision actualized. Um, <laughs> trying to think of what was on my wall as as a kid. Um, I was really into. Um, I was always really into to different bands. Of course, everyone had like a band poster on your wall, and for me, it was Green Day. That was my a really oh, big yeah. deal for me as a kid. Um, <laughs> and. And then they just got kind of cheesy. Did you have band posters on your wall as well? No. Just New York? No, I wasn't that interesting. <laughs> just New York. Just the, just the big I, city. <laughs> I was focused. Let's say I was focused. I'd say so, yeah. <laughs> Some kids have pictures of, you know, like Michael Jordan or whomever. Right, You right. focus on New York City. <laughs> well, go ahead. Even with that, I mean, to, to answer your earlier question, I, it was a transition. Um, yeah. You know, having that, that small town mentality to coming and going, oh, wow, look at all these people, and wanting to start a therapy practice and really having no connections, that's that's hard because, um, you know, when you grow up in an area, everyone knows you, you have connections. Uh, I didn't have that, so uh, it was kind of thrown into the deep end here. How did, you, how did you work through that? Because I think that's a really, uh, that's a really prevalent kind of situation that therapists find themselves in. I've, I've found myself in this situation twice now in a, in a new city with no connections. Mm-hmm. Um, where did where did you start and how did you kind of work through the overwhelm of, wow, I've got to somehow build a business and a reputation and a, and, and a caseload for myself? Uh, desperation. <laughs> desperation is, is uh, wonderful. Uh, you just have to. And I think that um, when you realize you're, you're working without a net, and that you, um, it just has to happen, 
then you get creative. And I certainly did. And that uh, I and this was an idea for my wife um, to start walk and talk. And at the time, nobody was uh, walking with their clients. But I started walk and talk therapy uh, pretty early in my practice. And um, it became quite successful because it was something different. And no one else was out there doing something, walking with their patients. So that's um, kind of yeah, out of desperation. I want to get into that more. And I love, I, I love uh, talking to you about the walk and talk therapy. And um, you're, you're ahead of the times. You've been ahead of the times for a while with that. Um, but this idea of not having a safety net, uh, and I'm seeing I'm seeing this uh, pretty often in, in some of the coaching I do with therapists and some of my mastermind groups of people who really need to make this work or really need to make private practice work. Let's say within the next six months, right? And they mm-hmm. don't, there's nothing else to fall back on, whether it's a, a partner and their salary or their health benefits or, or, or whatever. You've got you've got kids, what, whatever the situation is. But there's something about that that creates a certain sense of urgency that can be anxiety producing, but also really, um, it really kind of forces you to fully invest in your practice and in the idea and, and making it happen versus I see other folks who are like, well, I could do this thing or not because I've got a full-time job or I've got a partner with a, a great job. And so it's kind of like private practice becomes this very auxiliary thing. Mm-hmm. Um, Absolutely. So, yeah. Just putting that out there. Yeah, I think that we have to uh, – self-doubt is not helpful in these situations. Um, I think that reflection is helpful and to ask some hard questions. But in general, you know, can I do it? That's I don't have time for that. <laughs> I've, I've got to do it. Um, this is uh, – I'm, I'm working without a net. I've got a mortgage payment. I've got to be able to feed myself and my family. And other people are doing this. Then I can do this. I just got to figure out the how. I love that. And uh, begin to experiment what works, what does not work, and uh, you know, throw everything against the wall and see what sticks. Clay, what would you say to therapists who are not quite sold on themselves yet, or are still want, are, are, are caught wondering, I don't really know what I have to offer that's different, or even let's say in a in a competitive market like New York City or a major city, how, how am I different? Like, what, how would you work work through that with with a therapist? I, I would say be willing to get it wrong. Um, it's it's a lot of we learn by doing and failing. Embracing failure as a chance to learn. It's just more data. It's more information. Um, who are you drawn to? Who do you feel good about working with? And there is only one you. It's like there's only one me. There's only you're, you're going to get the clay therapy experience only with clay. There's nobody else that can do that. And honoring that. And um, respecting that and putting value behind it is is really how you're going to feel better about yourself. But a lot of it is just stop thinking about it and and do it and then evaluate and then do something else and then evaluate. And um, yeah, I guess that's it. I love that. Yeah, taking action. And it, 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 it bleeds over a little bit into imposter syndrome, right? There's the city. Yeah. <laughs> There's the city. It shows up every once in a People while. People are just so friendly this morning. Um, <laughs> it's well, it's funny because um, this is a tangent, but honking is like very normal in some places. But then also, even even moving from San Francisco to Charlotte, honking is really not that socially acceptable here. So really? when I when I honk in Charlotte, I'm I'm people think I'm a maniac. 
Um, wow. And so I'm like, no, I'm just telling you to light screen and you're, you're not paying attention. You need to get off your phone. But then it's like, yeah. who is this madman? My wife um, is afraid I'm going to break the horn on her car. <laughs> just like it only has so many honks in it and you're at 90%. I love it's going that. To break. The therapist who honks. Um, <laughs> having a car in, in New York City is no joke. And driving no. in New York City is no joke. No, but it's nice. It's nice. I haven't given up that part of my my southern experience. Yeah. I well, gotta have my car. You have a way out too. You, yes. you, you get stir crazy in the city. You can you can head for the mountains or the beach or whatever. Absolutely. Um, well, yeah. I mean, so imposter syndrome. Like a lot of times, I think therapists also wait for the feeling to catch up, or they wait around for like I need to be totally confident in my skills and abilities, or the fact that I can do private practice versus like you're saying, just doing it, just doing that right. ne- next thing and feeling that discomfort and feeling that dissonance, but not letting it impede you from building your business. Right. And accepting you're not going to be good at this. You're just not. <laughs> if you're starting out, how, how, why would you think that you're going to be good at something you've never done before? Yeah. Um, so except I've got to go through the learning stage and that I'm going to fall down and go boom and that's okay. That's part of it. Um, so, yeah, it's like when I work with couples that haven't had sex in a long time, they've had a problem in their sex life. Mm-hmm. I tell them, you got to go have bad sex. Yep. <laughs> you got to go get it wrong. Yeah. And then the next time will be a little better. <laughs> That's all. I, I love that. It's, it's just it gives the permission to not have it all together. Right. Um, which I, <laughs> I, I love that. Um, well, you've you've walked through this in a couple of um, a couple of businesses and a couple of things that you're known for beyond just your private practice but also walk and talk therapy and then online therapy. It's funny because anytime um, I think someone has a question about online therapy on Facebook, someone tags you. That's nice. <laughs> it probably keeps you pretty busy, but also it does. you can't answer all the questions. But what it says is people regard you as that expert. I think for both the walk and talk therapy and online therapy. So you've, you've kind of created that edge for yourself um, for, for both of these, right? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. And, and I like to say that I, I practice what I preach. When I yeah. started online counseling, I did everything wrong. Um, and, and I, you know, I'm pretty op- upfront with that. There wasn't a lot of information about it out there. Um, but I crossed state lines and mm-hmm. I, you know, didn't know about my, my licensure and, uh, I use Skype, which is not HIPAA compliant. Yeah. Um, but I, you know, thankfully didn't get in trouble and, um, nobody got hurt. And now I've got a lot of information on how to do it well. There's a certain degree of risk involved in, I think, working online or working across state lines or working internationally, right? And um, right. I, I fall on the lower end of that uh, risk aversion. I really, you know, in general, make decisions that I think are just best for the clients or best for the situation mm-hmm. and try to stick to my ethical guidelines, you know, and legal guidelines as best I can. But you, you do have to have a certain dis- uh, you know, I guess level of comfort with risk when you're doing this kind of work, right? So how do you, how do you kind of work through that? And how do you also field all these questions about online therapy for people who are really risk averse? Um, that, that's a good point. And I think that, um, I used to be someone that I was very risk averse. Um, like, um, my little brother, when he learned to ride a bicycle, I, my dad said, I watched him fall and get bloody. And I just watched him, you know, fail. 
And then I learned from that. And then I got on the bike and just rode. <laughs> like I learned yeah. how to not do it. Yeah. And I think that if you are a really risk averse, go and get the information. We've got a lot of information on my site. Mm-hmm. There's a lot of resources out there. Go and learn from someone um, that has done it before and now knows how to do it well and safely and ethically and legally. The information is out there and it's really not that complicated. Yep. There's no, and yeah. once you've got the information, information is power and then you can jump in and fly. Clay, let's go ahead and plug uh, both of your sites actually before we forget and for those <laughs> who are listening and want to check out um, your sites as they listen. Sure. It's uh, the walkandtalk.com is my walking uh, practice here in Manhattan. And uh, my online practice for marriage counseling is maritalcounseling.com. And then uh, about a year and a half ago, I started a directory very similar to Psychology Today, but for therapists who are working online. And that is onlinecounseling.com. And you can list your practice for a really low monthly fee. And uh, our entire goal is to bring clients to qualified, trained, certified therapists who are working online. And we have a lot of free information on there on how to make sure that you're using a a platform that is HIPAA compliant uh, and that you are abiding by your uh, professional body um, uh, requirements and guidelines and also um, uh, state licensure issues. So all those questions you have, we've got the answers. Building an online directory is no joke, and we could talk about that probably for an hour and (laughs) what that's been like, or maybe we'll have a beer sometime and talk about it. Um, But you, I really want to dive into, let's say I'm a clinician who wants to start seeing clients online, or maybe I have this plan to, I don't know, move to Mexico next year or something, and I want to work Mm -hmm. remote, but I've got 30 clients in person right now, none of them are online. Where, Where do I start? Uh, okay, so you, you get information on your state licensure, and what does it say? And, and that's listed on our website. Most states say you, you need to be, just about all states actually, say you need to be licensed in the state where the client sits. So if you're licensed in New York, you can see anybody in New York. Somebody from Kansas contacts you, not so much. Then you find a HIPAA-compliant platform uh, that um, is not Skype, and I use doxy.me. There are other things out there like VC, Zoom. Uh, we can go on and on. There's a lot. Sure. Of, I like Doxy because it's free. It's HIPAA compliant. It's just a link. There's, you don't have to download anything. And it's really easy. Um, and essentially, that's it. So then it's, it's telling your existing clients that this is an option, that I'm beginning to do this type of work. And then begin to market on your website, have a page on your website that says, I also do online counseling. So now you can market to people, not just in your small town of, let's say, Lexington, Kentucky, but now you can meet with anyone in the state of Kentucky. Now that we can go into something even larger is that international counseling. And there's still a lot of question out there about this. And some people are saying that um, you you need to be ethically compliant with your uh, degree and But everything that I'm learning about internationally, uh, with the exception of Canada, who's beginning to put in some regulations. But if you've I've got clients in Kazakhstan, uh, Dubai, Aruba, uh, the UK, outside the US, there really isn't a lot of countries that say you need to have a certain license in order to work with our citizens. And are these people native to those countries or are they expats? Uh, A combination of both. 
and uh, I do a lot of advertising toward expats because let's say your company transferred you to Saudi Arabia and you need marriage counseling. There's not a lot of English speaking marriage counselors in Saudi Arabia in your town or compound as it may be. It's because I work with a lot of people that work for the oil companies and they mm -hmm. essentially live in a compound. Uh, so this is the only way that they can receive services. And ethically, I have a hard time saying, I'm not going to work with you because you don't show up the way I want you to. Yeah. And you're not going to come to my little office here in Manhattan. You're in need. I have the ability to help you. I'm trained. I'm certified. I can work with you. I have a hard time saying no to that. So I'm working with people all over the world, which then, of course, increases your practice because your target audience is larger. Yeah. Yeah. So just to break this down for folks or for folks who maybe are uh, inclined to be note takers and mm -hmm. listening along, um, <clears throat> the, one of the first steps you want to take is to check your state requirements. Just get familiar with, with what they say. Um, maybe mm -hmm. you're licensed in a couple states, which is, which is mm -hmm. actually my situation. So I see a, a handful of clients still in California, which is great. Um, mm -hmm. Get set up with a platform. Clay recommends DoxyMe. There's also VC. That's the one that I use, V-S-E-E, -E, free mm -hmm. HIPAA compliance. Um, tell existing clients that, that you're offering this service now and then start advertising um, even regionally or just within your state. Uh, you might do that by... Uh, creating a new page on your site specifically for online counseling so that you can direct people to that page. Right. It's really clear that that's an additional service that you yeah. offer. And so start building there. And then you might think about as an additional step advertising toward expats or advertising internationally and or, of course, joining Clay's directory, um, onlinecounseling.com. Mm-hmm. Yeah, we're, we're getting uh, and, and it was right. It was hard to build a directory. I'm a therapist. I'm not an advertising guy. Um, so it was it was hard to develop that. And I think that uh, some of our early adopters were kind of frustrated or at least disappointed that they weren't getting the business that they wanted from the directory. But now uh, we've grown to a level we're like number one when you search for terms like online counseling or online counselor. And we're getting 150, 180 people a day coming to the site looking for a therapist to practice uh, telemental health or online awesome. counseling. Yeah. How, how many counselors are currently registered on the on the directory? I think we're at 250 to 300. Yeah. Uh, so it's it's growing. It's growing internationally. We need more. We so, need uh, more specialties because people will yeah. come there looking for LGBT yeah. uh, specializations or people specialize in you know adolescence. So. Uh, we need I, more people. I see it as a really good time to get involved in, in online counseling and also to get involved in your directory, right? Because if I'm looking at, um, you know, between 150 and 200 uh, visitors per day looking for online therapy, and there's only a couple hundred therapists on the site, right? Your, your chances are still pretty good. Whereas in a lot of areas, you know, psychology today is just inundated with therapists. You're really mm -hmm. likely to get lost there. Um, so I, I just think it's a good time if you're, if you're listening and you've been thinking about this for a while to, to get started and, again, to use Clay's directory as a starting point. Right. Um, and yeah. I, I'm actually starting to think of I might want to put a limit so that only yeah. 15 or 20 therapists per state can be on there so that we don't have that. Because I look at psychology today and I'm like, I'm one of you know 100 in yeah. my zip code. Yep. Um, so I want to make it so that people are finding value there. And we do ask the client when they come to the site, which, where do you live? What state do you reside in? So then we only show them therapists that are going to be legally able to work with them so that you as a therapist are not getting a lot of calls with people that you're not ethically able to work with. 
Clay, do you do you ever differentiate, let's say, therapy from coaching? And I know that uh, plenty of people who work remotely um, uh, will will kind of do this as a way mm-hmm. to to work around it. What are your thoughts on that? Uh, it it kind of goes to your risk level that you can say, okay, I'm going to do coaching with you because I'm not licensed to work with you. But um, you know, a lot of people will say that that's just unethical. That yeah, you need to go to that your you're using your clinical skills. Um, absolutely, okay. you have to go to your highest licensure. So that even though you have a, uh, like I'm an LCSW. If I say I'm coaching, I really have to abide by being an LCSW. And coaching isn't therapy. Uh, there is a lot of wonderful, valuable coaches out there. But to say I'm going to coach with you, but I'm actually doing therapy with you. Uh, it's, it's, it's confusing. And I, I think that that's, that's not helpful to our profession, to either profession. Um, but we do, I, we do list life coaches on our uh, site. So that, sure. uh, and they're not uh, bound by state licensure, which is a bit unfair. Mm-hmm. But we do list uh, hypnotherapists, um, uh, psychiatrists, and uh, uh, counseling uh, psychotherapists. Sure. I'm just imagining that this this field and and this realm of working online is going to look a, a lot different in five years from now, even ten years from now. Um, mm-hmm. So again, like a big, it's still a big question mark, I think, for for a lot of the kind of governing bodies and for a lot of clinicians who are thinking about it. So um, again, it's it's about being okay with with kind of the gray area of what we do and um, mm-hmm. and, and maintaining that you do good ethical work. Um, and, and also, I think. There are certain clients who are good fits for working online. There are other clients who might not be the best fit, right? right. I'm just, right. just kind of thinking out loud here. So, I mean, it, it goes back to using your own clinical intuition, right? Just just because someone contacts you and wants to work with you online doesn't mean you have to if you really think, let's say, they need a higher level of service, right? Absolutely. And and you do that that screening just like you would do if someone were to contact you and want to come into your office. If it's somebody that you feel like that you're not trained to work with, uh, like, for example, I don't work with access to diagnosis. That's not my training, um, either walking or online. And so, you know, I screen those people out and refer them out. Um, there are some people that are not uh, good for um, uh, online counseling, people that may be in danger of harming themselves, uh, that are not stable. Um, you have to kind of make those choices for you as a clinician. Clay, how do you, how do you account for kind of the subtleties that could be missed online or even, um, micro expression on the client's face, or maybe they're crying, but you can't see it on the screen. How do you, I think therapists are, they have concerns about that. So how do you, how do you address those and make sure that they don't impede the, um, the, the quality of work that you're doing? Well, I, in my experience, looking at somebody through a screen, you, you make sure that you've got a good connection, uh, that they're, they don't have a lighting source behind them so that they're you know, not in shadow. They've got some kind of light on their face and that they, the, the cameras and, and I work with my clients it's like, OK, let's push your computer back just a little bit so I can see a little bit more of you, um, that that connection is, is quite good. I am getting the information that I need. There are advantages and disadvantages. I think that the more we do this, the better we get. I've been doing this for eight years now, and I'm, I'm so much better at it now than I began. And it goes back to what I said earlier, is that we're not going to be good at something super good at the beginning. Um, so that uh, uh, the more you practice, the better you're going to be at it. Sure. 
And I think that there are, are advantages to online counseling that you don't have with a face-to-face. For example, I'm seeing their home in general. Uh, sometimes it's people uh, connecting from their office or their hotel room if they're traveling. Um, but they are more comfortable in their space. Therefore, their, um, their guard is down a little bit more. They're able to connect a little bit more because they are not coming to the doctor's office and they didn't have to find parking and fight traffic. And it's convenient. And uh, they're a little bit more relaxed. And I think that it can have a therapeutic advantage by doing online counseling. Yeah, that's great. Um, Clay, we'll start wrapping up here. But I want you to also um, walk us through real quick uh, we, we've talked about how to kind of how to start an online practice, and now let's talk about what it looks like and kind of your best practices and in, in kind of the setup for it. We, we talked about this last time, and I think it's really important mm-hmm. to run through that again. Sure. Um, I think that, first of all, I think that when you start, and if you've not done any kind of skyping or online um, connecting, visual auditory with someone, contact a friend, contact a family member, play around with it. You can see that. If you have a lighting source, if your computer is is facing a window or you're sitting in front of a window, you're going to be in shadow. So make sure that that's, you've got a neutral background. Uh, nobody wants to see your dirty dishes if you're, <laughs> you're working from home. Uh, make sure it's a professional background that's neutral and doesn't have a lighting source behind you. Um, I think you want to have a uh, – it's good to connect with earbuds that have a microphone on them because it helps with the connection. It helps to not use Wi-Fi, but to connect to a router and to close out all your other windows and anything else that might be sucking some of your uh, broadband. Uh, So have a lighting source on your face and make sure that your camera, I like a camera that's built into the computer at the very top of the the hardware, the computer screen. And then you pull that uh, window where you're looking at the person up close as possible to that little built-in camera so that eye contact is uh, is improved. And so I've got about a two, two and a half feet between me and the camera. And when I'm looking at the person's face, it looks like I'm making eye contact right. with it. Mm-hmm. So, so, you know, therapeutically, that's really important. You don't want to have the camera off to the side and the, the client is looking at your ear. <laughs> yeah. So <laughs> you want to, to be able to connect with them. Yeah. Um, you do that. That's some of the things that come to mind. What are some things maybe I, I miss that people need to be aware of? Well, again, I think another thing is just being, and I've worked online for, for quite some time, um, being aware of and communicating to your clients that because we're doing this online and you might even be traveling or they're traveling, like stuff happens and connections mm-hmm. fail and connections mm-hmm. break up and have a plan for that, but also just communicate about that, right? Or Worst case scenario, we have to jump on the phone and have a phone session, and right. and and so just just to make clients aware of that, and also for yourself to kind of have a backup plan and know mm-hmm. ahead of time, especially if you're in a new location, or let's say you're in a hotel or an Airbnb somewhere, just just know that you're not familiar with that connection necessarily, and you might need to adapt a little bit. You might spend seven minutes kind of calibrating things and troubleshooting, and that's just kind of the nature of of working online. Absolutely. That's a great point. And I, I send a checklist to new clients saying, here are some things that you need to be aware of. You know, use earbuds. Uh, sometimes using a mobile device like an iPad is not the greatest. Um, you mm-hmm. know, make sure that you close out all your Windows Explorer and Firefox so that, you know, only uh, DoxyMe is connected. Sure. Um, there was a time where uh, Doxy was having some trouble with the uh, 
the sound. Like I could see them, but we couldn't hear each other. Mm -hmm. So we did a workaround as I turned off the microphone on a computer and we called each other so that the we could see each other, mm -hmm. but the auditory and sound was going through the phone. So that was like a little hack that worked around sometimes. Mm -hmm. But yeah, having a backup plan is really important. Yeah, I, I like that a lot. <clears throat> Clay, this, is, this has been super informative and, and just a lot of fun. I just really enjoy spending time with you and, and getting to know Thank you. you. Um, so maybe we'll do a third podcast and I'll just have you keep, you know, we'll just okay. keep doing it. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> Anytime. We'll just do this as a, a regular check-in. Yeah, just like a weekly thing. Um, so I, I personally, I'll say I feel more inclined to, to grow more of my online um, practice because I love the flexibility it gives me. And I've, again, I've just, I've gotten comfortable with the medium. Again, it's not for everybody. It's not for every client, but there's just a lot of benefits that I see to it. And a lot of clients are seeing the benefits of being able to do that or even being able to hop in a conference room at work and have their session and not spend 30 minutes in traffic and 30 minutes back. Um, at the lunch hour. So I, I just see a lot of value in it. And I think we have to kind of embrace technology and roll with it um, and evolve with technology, even though that, that pains us sometimes as, as mental health practitioners. So, um, well, Clay, what's, what's the best way for, um, for people to get in touch with you? Uh, probably uh, my email, which is clay, C-L-A-Y, at onlinecounseling.com. And um, let me know if you have any questions. Um, we're running, uh, we can run a special for your listeners uh, that if they want to sign up, and uh, normally it's $24.95 a month, but if you sign up using the discount code uh, John Clark, you can get on there for uh, $19.95 a month for as long as you're a member. Awesome. And we've got a, a new one year membership fee that brings it down to twelve dollars and forty seven cents. So that's, that's, a steal. that's an option too. That is, so that's I don't know how much longer we're gonna be able to, to run the one year membership, but yeah. I'm gonna try to keep it up as long as I can. I love it. That's fantastic. And just to clarify, so it's onlinecounseling.com and that's counseling with two L's. Either one. We've got oh, both. With, oh, one you've got L. both. Okay. Yeah, one L. Well, or I always two. put in the extra L for some reason. <laughs> Initially, we started out with two L's because we wanted to be a global brand, yeah. and that's how they spell it overseas. But we've got both. Uh huh. And um, just so people don't forget, my last name is spelled with an E. So if you're typing in John Clark, don't forget that there's an E. So okay. <laughs> um, Clay, Good. thanks. Thanks again for being here. I hope you have a great week, and uh, I look forward to connecting with you again soon. Great. Thanks, John. All right. I hope you enjoyed today's episode as much as I did. I will tell you that as soon as I hopped off this interview, I went over to uh, uh, onlinecounseling.com and signed up myself for um, uh, for Clay's directory because I just think um, it's great to get in on something like that early on. And um, I personally want to keep growing my online practice. Um, I love the, the flexibility that it provides and I love... Um, you know, just this idea of being able to be remote when you want to. Um, I, I also just think that um, whether we like it or not, technology is really coming at us quickly and um, we can either embrace that and learn to work with it or we can kind of be um, overtaken by it. So um, yeah, I just encourage you to to embrace it and figure out ways in which you can leverage technology um, to advance your practice.
All right, so if you missed it at the beginning of the episode, um, I mentioned Practice Solutions. Practice Solutions is um, uh, partnering with us for this episode. And Practice Solution um, uh, is Jeremy and his team. They are amazing at what they do. Um, they take billing completely off your plate, you know, again, so that you can focus on doing what you do best. So um, as a result of referencing this podcast, you can get 20% off when you sign up. PracticeSoul.com forward slash John is where you need to go for that. Again, www.PracticeSoul.com forward slash John. All right. Thank you so much for being here as always. I so appreciate your time and I do not take it for granted. So um, that's it for this week. We'll see you next time. Bye.